We're back, baby! Indeed we are. What's up, y'all? The coffee and cream is back in town. <laughs> <laughs> Not the way I ever thought of us, but okay. Okay, well, today on our show, ladies and gentlemen, we're counting down the top 10 Vegas set films, or if you prefer it, Vegas Baby Vegas. Vegas Baby! Let's help, Paul. The devil with another spare soul. Viva Las Vegas! Viva Las Vegas! How I wish that I'd that there for up, Patron Extraordinaire, so was Al. I'm sure he'll enjoy that one. Yes, Vegas, a place I went to on my recent trip to the States, which is why the show went on a little bit of a sabbatical. Paul is just back from Vegas, Paul. Yeah, uh, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. In between, did a bit of New York and then have been home now for about 48 hours at the time of recording. It was and quite right the trip. And you're going to hear a lot about that if you're a patron of the show. We'll put out a bit of a special about my trip and some of my experiences there and the rides I did and the things that I saw with my family in tow. But Vegas is his own special Yes. Special place. Yeah. Had you been before this trip? Or? Yeah, about 21 years previous to that, okay. I went to Vegas. Do, Very different. Do you, okay, yeah, I would imagine it would be a different story when you're there with or without family. Yeah. Do you so, have a Do you have a Vegas story? For well, my Vegas story, I'm going to go with the more please, recent version. Please. And the difference that you can imagine going as a you know sort of late 20s, mid to late 20s last uh, time yes, around okay, with yes. my girlfriend at the time <laughs> versus this time with my wife and my 10 year old daughter. So we fly into Vegas, we head to our hotel, we stayed at Resort World at Los, at, uh, no, sorry, the Hilton at, at Resort World. Lovely. Which is at the very sort of top of the sort of strip right up near um, Circus Circus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right next door yeah. to Circus yeah. Circus, yeah. basically. And as I've just found out, my wife, while we were sitting here getting ready to <laughs> to do this recording, sent me an email saying, thank fuck not every other uh, hotel did this in the States, Vegas they quote you a price, you pay that price, no worries, and then they send you an extra bill for an extra $50 a night US saying Why? this is the quote-unquote resort fee ND and then resort fee ND tax, which amounts to $51 per night extra. Sorry, is this when you're checking out or afterwards? No, no, let's tell you this afterwards. I don't tell you at the time. If it's a new bill, you can just say, fuck off, I'm in a different country now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that's the way to fly against the US and Las Vegas in particular. I'll probably send around a whole bunch of... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, anyway un- sorry. fucking believable. That's but, really but that's weird. not my story. My story is that uh, to entertain a 10-year-old, Please. my wife sells me on going to a comedy animal show on our first comedy afternoon. Comedy animal show. Go in on. the Treasure Island Casino. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. Yeah. No, no. I tell you about it. In Planet Hollywood Casino. Treasure okay, Island, we saw Cirque du Soleil yep. Mystique, which was a really good show. That's been going for 30 years. Yeah, yeah. So, in, yep. Go and see that. If you're in Vegas, that's well worth your time. This one, however, was not. Some dude named Popovich. It's basically... <laughs> Him and like four dudes <laughs> running around the stage with animals that are trained to jump up on stuff and cats and dogs and there was a couple of bird geese and whatever else. It's so shit. Was it shit? It oh, was so no. awkward. Not helped by the fact there was a screaming two-year-old behind us in our ear the entire that fucking never help. Oh, show. Wow. Where the dad three times said, I'm going to take him out. And the mother's like, no, no. And I'm like, I almost turned around and said, no, please, for the love of God, take exactly. the fucking kid out. Exactly. Permanently. Mom, hey, mom, shut the fuck up maybe. Yeah. How about that? Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Not a great way to start our Vegas trip, but we're only there for a couple of days. And when you're going with a 10-year-old, probably not the place oh, really wow. to be. So, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, here's my Vegas story. Yeah, I'm sure it's much better than that. Well, it's slightly different. Uh, so first time I'm there, I'm also a youngster. Uh, in inside Youngster, late 20s, right? Yeah, so, so similar era. Or even my early 30s. Anyway, we go there, and it's part of the uh, Contiki tour. So, you know, it's me and Inkster, like a friend of ours, okay? And re- recently reheard on the classic countdown right, that, that we released, guy, away. Yep. Me and him are there, okay? So we're, um, you know, footloose and fancy free, you might say. So we just go around, and we're drinking around Fremont Street, right? With the big thing over the awning with the... Okay. Anyway, uh, that's where you can do a flying fox now. 
Yes, yeah. we did see that there and did yeah. consider it. Didn't run out of time. Oh yeah, it looks pretty scary. Anyway, we're there. We're getting drunk, right? They have those these footballs or these like yard glasses of slushy, which you can pay for extra alcohol to go into. We got one of those and didn't even take it with us because again, forties. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So anyway, we were sinking those, right? So we're slightly finger bang drunk. Yep. We should say, right? Went around to a bunch of places, and before you know it, it's 2 a.m. because you're in Vegas, right? So we're like, sweet. Uh, not, not with a 10-year-old, you Exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. I'm sure one of your previous trips are like that. So we were like, okay, what are we going to do? And I'm like, okay, word. Um, well, I mean, it's Vegas, and we ain't been to a titty bar. I don't really <laughs> think that I actually... I, like, I, I'm so drunk, there's no way my dick will get well, hard. Well, if I've been to titty bars all other places <laughs> in the world, surely Vegas is not going to be the exception. Well, the word on the street is, and I do confirm this, ladies and gentlemen, if you should ever be in this position... The spearmint rhinoceros is actually the place you should go, which <laughs> which we didn't go to, Paul, because Christian said this place should go. We're like, cool. We go off the strip. We're drunk off our vagina. We sit down, and there's a ca- and we get in a cab. We hold head on, sit down, and it's like, hey, let's go to the spearmint rhino. The cab driver, who is of indeterminate race, but I want to say Polish, right? Um, but yeah. it could be wrong. Could be wrong. Um, he says, "Where you boys going?" In whatever accent, which I can't replicate. He's like, "Oh, we're going to spearmint rhino." I know a better place. And we're like, Uh-oh. and like idiots. We're like, well then take us there. Okay. Just enough alcohol in idiots. your system. He, he smelled it on us, right? He goes, no problem. Boom. Starts driving off the strip. Uh-oh. Dead giveaway. Because that's where they bury people, Paul. <laughs> in fucking Nevada desert, son. As right? we might hear in some of the films coming up on this Uh-huh. List. Uh-huh. So we drive and we're driving for a while and there's no lights because we're off the strip. I'm like, uh, where are we going? He goes, don't worry, we're almost there. Five minutes, right? Ten minutes later. Right? He's finally talking like nothing, 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 darkness, darkness. We're getting a little worried. I'm like, shit. He turns a corner and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, this giant purple building called the Jaguar Lounge. And we're like, oh, okay. He goes up, pulls up the front, right? He's on his, he's on his horn, by the way, saying, hakana, hakana, my, my, right? Oh, before that, right? <laughs> Speaking some language we didn't know, right? Goes up there. I've got two live ones here. <laughs> exactly, right? So then he, the, the, someone, the doorman pays him off. So clearly that's the arrangement, mm. right? I take people from the strip and bring them to your place because no one would come here otherwise. Fine. We get out. We're, not, we're drunk. So we go up. We pay a $50 cover each. Eat my ass! Exactly. <laughs> Eat all the ass. And by the way, man. when you get out... Or is that, to- that happen later? <laughs> so, no, no. Let me tell you what happened when we get there. We go over. We go up to the thing. We pay our... We find out it's a $50 cover. We're like, fuck. But there's no one... There's no cabs around. As well. Exactly. Get in there. To be fair, it is huge. The ratio of women to men must be like three to one. For real. As in paid dance or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. No, no. I mean, da- exotic dancers. Thank you. Although... According to some information I got that night, my initial uh, <laughs> assessment was not far off. <laughs> um, so we go in there and we're like actually stumbling through going, we're drunk, we're drunk. All that stuff I saw in movies where you're not allowed to touch the, the there's, there's this big pit of dudes getting lap dances in the front. They've got their hands all over the women's asses. I'm like, why aren't they getting thrown out? I'm le- I don't know, anyway, immediately I'm a little bit on edge. As we you would sit, be. Yeah, we sit down at the bar before our asses hit a seat. Three women approach like and say like, hey, and they're saying shit like, there's two women in front of you saying, hi, how you doing? All we need is a cock. That's what they're saying to you. Those words? Yes, those exact words. And I'm like, oh my God. And I, I'm not used to this shit. And also, I'm in no condition. And we're like, uh, no, we're good. We're good. Me and him are both like trying to wave off these women, right? And then we're like, I was like, what do you want to drink? He goes, man, we've been drinking all night. I'm like, let me just get a water. So he goes, yeah, let's get some water. <laughs> he drops two. He says, get us two waters. They give us these bottles which are branded for the, com- for the club, right? Right. And later on, basically, we, we sit there, and later on on the way home, we realize these waters cost like 10 bucks each US, right? Sounds about right. Some ridiculous amount. Anyway, 
we're standing there we're going what are we going to do here I'm like I'll be honest with you now that we're here I want to go because I don't want I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm done here let's just get out of here okay. I hope Christian was like bitch please no he was like yeah let's go but let's do a round first so we start going around right and we're, sorry, and we're seeing people slip money to, to which was taking them upstairs and yeah, stuff okay. and I'm like I wonder what that going rate is just out of interest. So I said, so this girl comes in and goes, hey, you want to go hang out? And I'm like, no, I'm cool. But out of interest, what would the price be for a lap dance? She says, it's $20 for a lap dance, but for $100, I'll take you upstairs and we can have a more personal experience, is what she said. And I'm like, damn. And then I just kept on walking, right? And so we finally get out. We finally get in this the is, cab. This is 20 years ago. 20, 20 years yeah. ago. Now it would be $300, right? Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, we just get a cab. We go back. And that's my Vegas story. Basically, two days in Vegas is plenty, ladies and gentlemen. If you've never been, do two days in Vegas, then go down to fucking Grand Canyon and chill out for three more days. Yeah, I would love to have gone to the Grand Canyon, but unfortunately didn't have time for that yeah, yeah, on, yeah. on our trip. But there we go. So anyway, that's a, sorry, sorry it's a bit long. Keep good, going. Not quite for families, maybe, but uh, <laughs> clearly more for... Yeah. I got on the elevator with my daughter at one point when my wife went shopping and we were just going to go for a wander around. And this guy, American guy, he's like, he's young, he's early 20s. Uh-huh. He's like, wow, I'm starting to young on this trip. And I'm like, as in like going gambling. Oh, okay, okay. And I'm like, mm, yeah, no, nah, I would not really either. But good luck with your oh, weekend. Your <laughs> yeah. And he goes, yeah, well, we haven't got a big bankroll. So I guess it all depends how well today goes. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you, that place, even where we were at the very end of the strip, towards the end of the strip, just lit up. It went from being busy to being, you could barely move through yeah. the I cannot imagine how much money these casinos turn over. And it, you, you walk on the strip and there's, Thousands of people along the strip as well. It's just, it's such a party town. Even in the daytime, when it's like a desert, you're still walking around. It's like, fucking hell, it's nuts. Did you gamble? No. Okay. No. Right. I, I, I confine my gambling to betting against Essendon <laughs> 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 these days. Or, you know, on, on the grand final, I might throw a couple of random bets in for five bucks or ten bucks here. Something or I've always found is when you go to a new casino that you've never been to in your life, you should always just throw one bet down because the beginner's luck thing, it's, it's proven... Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Here we go. I spent enough money on this trip. Didn't need to. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Don't spend any more. But anyway, that's enough about my trip. Let's talk about films that are taking place in Vegas. We're going to do so straight into it. I don't think we need, need another break, do we? Fuck it. Let's just that's get into it. We're going to find out song. I'll tell you what. I'm going to lead away with an honorable mention that I watched on the while I was in New York, having just left Las Vegas. Bring it. It's not a great film, mm. but it was just released. It's got Nicolas Cage in it. It's called Sympathy for the Devil. I've heard of it. And it's got Joel Kinnaman. Yes. It's basically just those two. It's a two-act, two-guy I wanted to see film. that, then I realized it was a horror movie. It's not a horror movie. It's a thriller. Okay. And, and it basically follows Joel Kinnaman, his wife's pregnant with their second child at a Las Vegas hospital, and he's driving along the strip, but clearly they're only licensed to show certain things. Oh. Because they have to be very careful what they show and don't show. And then he goes into the car park, and Nicolas Cage steps in the backseat, puts a gun on him, and says, drive. Whoa. And the film goes from there. Nicholas Cage thinks he's someone from his past. Joel Kinnaman's like, it ain't me, man. You got the oh, wrong guy. Like or and they like, drive yeah. off the strip, like you're talking about. Yeah. And they wind up at a place called the Jaguar. No. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the film goes from there. So it's not a great film. It's fine. But it's in terms of brand new releases about Vegas, thought it was worth mentioning. No, nice one. All right. Take us away, Wayne. What's your number 10? Cool. My number 10 is Fool's Rush In. Oh, okay. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's not what's, what's, what's that one? That's Matthew Perry and Salma Hayek oh. from 1997. Do you remember that show? I don't. Okay. Although I should if Salma Hayek's in it. Yeah, you should. No, actually, my number 10 is, in fact, it is a guilty pleasure, though. It's Now You See Me, Paul. It's Now You See Me. Now. <laughs> it almost made my list, but you know what? This was hard. Okay, we didn't really talk about this. Yes. I did my list to represent what I felt represents Vegas the strongest in oh. my memory, but also how much time spent there in the film. Uh, okay, you would have so a, a the lot higher of up my like list. That. 
Yes. The more time you spend there, other than with one notable exception for reasons that will become apparent when I get there. But this film, therefore, went from being nine or ten almost to dropping off because it's only one segment, really, that's yes. in, in Vegas. I, but, on the other hand, was just more like it's, it's, if it's Vegas-related and, and predominantly set, at least in one big scene, then there. That's but fine. That's fine. We didn't discuss parameters. That's, so. cool. that's cool. If you haven't seen it, ladies and gentlemen, Now You See Me is about a, it consists of like a group of magicians calling themselves the Four Horsemen who use smoke and mirrors to pull off bank heists and shit like that, Robin Hood style. It's got Lex Luthor in it and fucking Woody Harrelson and Isla Fisher and some other chick. No, wait. Who cares? The point is, right? <laughs> oh, Mark Ruffalo's in it, but he's not one of the four horsemen. So hang on. It's Woody Harrelson. Yeah. It's Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher. So, and there's another one was a dude. So it was... Uh... Oh, Dave Franco. Oh, shit. Dave Franco, of course. <laughs> but essentially, here's what it is, everyone. This first movie, I find it effortlessly watchable. The cast, good. Even though it's a little hokey and it has the stupidest fucking ending I've ever come across. It's stupid, it's dumb, it's shit. But I like the movie anyway. I don't understand why, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that's the great illusion this film pulled off. It is! That's the (laughs) devil's greatest trick because, like, holy shit, it is slick visually and it has got jazzy scores and fast pacing and shit. I don't even mind the second one. The second one had a great scene. The second one's fucking terrible. It's got one good scene. That scene with the card. Yeah, yeah, that was good. See, so this is it. I actually, I don't know why this is, but it's uh, a. They are are illusionists who are playing in Vegas at the start of the movie. Yes, but it feels good. This is stupid, but it feels good. And often Vegas stories don't. So this one for me is why it works out so now you see me and by the way the sequel is called now you see me too it should have been called now you fucking don't <laughs> but there you are <laughs> i would pay good money to see a film a mainstream hollywood release titled now you fucking don't <laughs> that would have made it better <laughs> my number 10 is a film which was much derided by a certain subsection of film appreciators and loved by another section of they call Zack Snyder stands. It's Army of the Dead. Yes, now. Now, is this the, the, is this the first one or the second one? There's only one. No, he did Army of the Dead and then he did a sequel of... Oh, like Army of Thieves or some, some shit. Some shit like... Oh, it was a prequel, sorry. It was a prequel. Yes, so yeah. this is... This is so Vegas. It, it all happens around Vegas. There's... It becomes, uh, what do you call it, ground zero for a zombie apocalypse. But it's post-apocalyptic Vegas, yes? Yes. yes. So it's destroyed and they have to go in there to retrieve what they have to retrieve right. for some. And they're literally going through casino, you know, destroyed casino lobbies and whatever else, shooting up zombies as they all come sprinting at them. I remember yep. we did this one for the show yeah, and, I, and I think I actually didn't mind it, which is why I thought about seeing I gave it one. three stars. Three, three stars. stars. I gave Army yeah. of the Dead. It's up my alley. It's an action film about zombies. Pretty much everyone dies. What's not to like? Except it's, it's <laughs> too wrong. long. It's how long is this movie? Fuck, it was long. Yeah, there, I, I seem to remember that about it as well. Yeah, two and a half hours long. Come on, Zack Snyder. Ludicrous. Anyway, we got Zack Snyder's new film coming up. Uh, how long is that one? Rebel Moon. I reckon it's going to be at least two and a half hours. Oh, for fuck's sake. Although Jeff. it is divided into two parts, so maybe it will just be a flat two hours. We'll, uh, we'll not see. knowing this guy. So yeah, Army of the Dead. I'm not suggesting it's a great film. It's my kind of film, but it's certainly set largely in Vegas, and therefore it sneaks onto this list, though not really in the spirit of what we're talking about in Vegas. So it sneaks on this list at number 10. Nice one. My number nine is a film called Very Bad Things. I recall seeing this, but can't remember much more than okay, that. So and a couple check- of listeners brought it up too. Yeah, so check it out. It's got it's got John Favreau in it, Christian Slater, Cameron Diaz, and uh, Ari Gold, huh. Jeremy Piven. Mm-hmm. Right now, here it is. It's a really, really. This is okay. Black comedy, right? Black comedy. Yes. Now you probably start to say dark comedy. But Sorry. back in the kids, we we, we say you say black comedy meant it was yeah. a, not an African American comedy. It was the humor was black. It was dark. Yes, very dark. Yeah. Now 
what it is, it's about um, John Favreau. He has his him and his friends, including Christian Slater and all that. They, they go to, to, to Vegas for a bachelor party. And what happens is... They go to the Jaguar Club. They go to the Jaguar Club. <laughs> but something... This is why it is, right? Because it's really dark. What happens is a hooker comes along or a stripper comes along and she offers them actual pork. And then Jeremy Piven, I believe, actually takes her up on the offer. <laughs> of course and, it's Jeremy Piven. Of course it is, right? <laughs> But, Poor guy's been typecast since day one. I know, but you know, Ari Gold is still an amazing character. Um, mm. Anyway. He's the same, basically the same guy but in he Judgment po- Night. That's absolutely true. <laughs> right? Anyway. He is different in PCU Pit Party. He's the principal, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's done like TV shows now where he's supposed to be a smart man. Didn't work out though. He's very smart as Ari Gold. That's not the problem. Uh, no, it's not like an academic, like some <laughs> whiz kind of thing. Anyway. So what happens is in one scene when he's like finally doing it with her in the room while the other guys are outside or whatever, she's like she's like riding him and he's sort of like you know they're having an energetic bout of sex. So he's running up against the wall and he slams her up against the wall, you know, and they're doing it and he doesn't really understand what's going on. But basically, what happened? There was a hook hanging out of the wall <laughs> and that fucking like I know it pierced the back of her fucking neck and killed her. And so he gives away. He's oh my god. Then comes out and tells the guys like guys something happened. They go in there and she's hanging on that hook dead and then falls on. Oh my god, it's that kind of comedy, okay? Mm-hmm. Then everything that happens after that is them trying to cover it up. Then they go to the shops and they get cleaning stuff and they fucking clean the thing and they try to get rid of the body and all. This shit goes all the way down. And the way it ends is so bleak and so dark that... It's a 1993 film. What, 93, yeah, around there. Around what, there. What, are you, what time? Yeah. Damn it, Paul. <laughs> Don't ask me hard fucking questions. I've only done 444 of these things, mostly about movies. Why would I know what year the film came out I'm talking about is in? Oh, very <laughs> Ninety eight. Oh yeah. Okay. So this film is twenty five years old. If you've yeah. not seen it, you don't care. Tell us exactly. And oh yeah, at the end, basically half of them are fucking disabled. They have to take over the kids of the, one of the one of the guys who died, Daniel right. Stone, I believe. And it's like it's a very bleak. Oh my god! And the camera just zooms out with Cameron Diaz almost freaking out because she has to deal with these fucking kids and all this shit happens. That's how it ends, man. All right. It's so like, you wouldn't expect to be happy ending with that kind of tone of. No, but like film. I'm sitting there looking at it, going, "Why? I'm still watching this thing. It's amazing. Like it's just if it, if it ended with them high five each other because we got away with it, that wouldn't be a very good film. Well, what was this? Christian Slater <laughs> is the one devil on the shoulder character, and after they all go, you know, and they actually finally clean up the body. He's like, "Hey guys, listen, I'm the first one to say this is not a thing we're proud of that we did, but we chose life. We chose <laughs> life. We could have gone <laughs> away, and but no, we didn't have the. We chose life, ladies and gentlemen. And they're like, huh? <laughs> you know, it's that. So I'm like, holy crap. But it's it's for that reason, it is kind of amazing. So that's why it's my number nine. Okay. Very bad things. My number nine is a Doug Lyman film. Oh. From around the same era. No. Okay. Paul, keep going. Well, I'm not sure how far you're going to go no! with this one, but I had it here at nine. Because again, there's a key sequence that take it happens in Vegas, but most... No, most of it's in LA. They go to Vegas and they come back to LA. That's all I remember. Is that so it's sort of three different perspectives of a different series of a series of events where you get a different sort of take on things. Not the same thing over and over, but yes. a different sort of yeah. And the movie's this called is, Go. It's called Go. Sorry, it wasn't clear. And it's got a pretty big cast, you know, especially now when you think of the names that at the time are mostly up and comers: Sarah Polly, Timothy Oliphant, Katie Holmes, Jay Ma, Scott Wolf, Tay Diggs, William Fickner. Brecken Meyer, so, you know, and a bunch of other people too. Yeah. And it effectively follows one young woman who pretends to deal out Molly to Sarah her. Sarah Polly, who I adored at the time, by the way. She's gorgeous. She's, I think she's a writer now. Yeah, she directed w- Women Talking, I think. There you go. If I'm not getting my people mixed up there, potentially, my apologies. Women Talking, huh? If I stop it. I've never seen it. <laughs> All right, sorry, go on. <laughs> 
Not the direction I thought you were going to go. Fucking heard it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and the hijinks that follow through this group that go from LA to Las Vegas for a, for a sort of weekend and and blah blah blah. The people they run into there and they get chased back by some criminal near well, elves. Yeah, like it starts with that this this uh, Desmond Askew guy. He sells drugs from his cash register at work. Then these two soap opera guys, characters like you know Scott Wolf and Jay Moore, come in trying to buy drugs. And the Sarah Polly girl's there, so she chooses. She basically does the deal for them. And it's a bunch of different shit that goes from back and forth. Absolutely. And it's not as I think the reason why I've not seen this one since. 1999, 1990, yeah, 99 is, I guess, this clony kind of young ver- people version of Pulp Fiction, which is kind of what this purported is itself to be at the time. It didn't really have the stakes that I was kind of looking for. It's, it's more of a fun kind of party culture film, but I thought we we're going to get into some, maybe a little bit of very bad things, dark territory, which this film it, it skirts with, but never never commits to. In- good point, an interesting point. I never remember thinking of it like that, but here's the thing about this film that made me want to see it. The actual marketing around the film, right? Like, the poster says, life begins at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. Like, and then the whole, like, the trailer was like... Which, this is the era we were in. We were sort of 20, Exactly. We old. were this age, yeah. right? So we were like, it's like, from 9 to 5, the rules apply. But then from 3 a.m., you can be a cunt. Or whatever, right? <laughs> so it was like... <laughs> it wasn't exactly that. <laughs> But Wayne lives his life <laughs> one three at a time. <laughs> no, but check this out, right? Because it was all about like I've taken ecstasy about ten, maybe twenty times in my entire life. Okay? Like, I'm like twice, twice, Just right? Don't exactly. Like it at all. Just gave it a try. It's like it's good the first ten times. Anyway, then and and because of that and all the whole the, the whole clubbing thing, I think I did that for a four year stint of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm twenty six. I'm like fuck this shit. But. Back then, when you were doing, like, the idea of going out on a night and going on what we called missions, which was God knows where you'd end up that night and whose house you'd end up in that night and what you'd wind up being and people you'd meet, this was that movie. And Scott Wolf was hot at the time, you know what I'm saying? Like, this was like a big movie. I still love Timothy Oliphant. Still do. Still do. Raymond, what's his name? Justified? Yeah, yeah. Raylan Givens. That's right. Raylan. Raylan. Have you watched the new version? I have. Did you like it? Shit. Oh. Not shit, but, like, just fucking crap. Not to to waylay you there. (laughs) But yes, but because it was the yeah, I actually loved this film, and it was uh, it's it's higher on my list, as it were. Not that much higher, but higher. We'll find out how how, how high most very shortly. Def, most def. All right, what's your number eight? My number eight is Ray Ban. Remember it's, Rain Man? Oh, Rain Man. Sorry, yeah, Rain. Sorry, Ray Ban. Ray Ban. What? I think they did wear Ray Bans, but it's Rain Man. Yes, yeah, everyone. Yeah. This is a Best Picture winner. Again, only spent a significant what, what yeah, one yeah. series scene in there. So yeah, but it's but my favorite scene. Just explain why I wasn't on there. Sure, Best Picture winner. Back in the day, ladies and gentlemen, Barry Levinson was the director everyone wanted to impress as an actor. Uh, And so this was uh, Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman's playing an autistic savant. Tom Cruise is his like kind of long lost brother. He finds out that his dad had a half brother, that kind of thing. So it becomes this kind of, I want to say buddy, but it's actually brother and almost like something else movie. It's a road Road movie. movie. Road movie. And And one sequence takes place in Vegas. Yes. But he goes there and he uses his savant Card counting, if yeah, you card counting abilities, yep. exactly to win big at the casino. So it was an amazing film for me. And at the time, I wasn't, I was a youngster when it came out, but like seeing an act, I didn't know, understand that with Oscars, if you're an actor playing disabled, you're pretty much your, your chances are really high. Back in those days, in Back particular, in days. yeah. So nowadays, the question would be, why didn't you just employ why didn't you just do, exactly times have changed, ladies yep. and gentlemen? But like when that happened, and Dustin Hoffman did such a for me, for all for what I knew at the time, convincing. You know, savant, autistic person. And the idea that, like, you know, it's just like Tropic Thunder is like, you never go full retard. Right? So- <laughs> or say that word. Or say that word. Sorry. Um, 
but the movie itself was like Tom Cruise is back and he's like, come on, let's do this. Hey, poo poo. You know, he'd clap and shit like that. I don't know what it was about the film, but I just loved everything about it. And it was really, really cool. At the end, he turned soft because he wanted to stay with his brother, but he couldn't do it. Shit like that that I didn't know you could do at movies at the time. So I love me some Rain Man. Okay. Yeah. So obviously From an Academy that. Award-winning film to one that has time has forgotten. Oh. Though I do wonder whether it will wind up on your list as well. And this is a quintessential Vegas film. The whole thing is Vegas from beginning to end. But I've only seen it once. But it stars Kurt Russell. So it's already Dude, a big win. this is a, it's honorable mention of mine. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. And Courtney Cox. Yep. It's 3,000 Miles to Graceland. 3,000 Miles to Graceland, bro. It's basically just a crime film. It's about a heist. A, it's oh. a heist film with about a bunch of dudes dressed as Elvis. And it goes... Kevin Costner's the asshole. Kurt Russell's not quite the... He's not got a heart of gold. Sort but of protagonist. He's got a little bit more of a, a, a reasonable streak to him. He's the guy you could sort of identify throw him with. with. Yeah. And so when... I can't remember his name. He's Murphy, I think it is. Starts killing off all the other dudes yep. in the crew and leaves Michael. Am I right to say that? Yes. Oh, well done. For dead. But he had a bulletproof vest on. And so now he's trying to get the money... He's got the money and get away from Murphy with Courtney Cox, a woman he's just met and her son in tow and things go from there. But yeah, obviously the whole thing is staged in and around Vegas until they go on the run and... Let me tell you about this you film, get to see right? the ridiculousness of Vegas. An army of Elvis. Elvis has come in to rob things. Yeah, but because you know they're during an Elvis convention or yes, something like that. So. That's why it was good, which is hilarious because everywhere in Vegas is an Elvis convention from what I saw. But when you, when you watch this film, right, the way it's shot, the way it starts, the way it's acted, and the way it's played, particularly the first half of the movie, where you don't know Kevin Costner is an asshole yet, but you got a bit of an inkling on it. They make it like, because of all the Elvis dress up, it seems like it's going to be sort of a a lampoon, this movie, almost a bit. And then you see really harsh things happen, like Kevin Costner kills uh, a guard or something. And you just have this shot of the guard, dead guard in the foreground. You see in the background as Kurt Russell looks at it and, say, and you really see him like, fuck, we just killed someone. I'm doing something. Someone died. Mm. And you feel it. You're like, oh my God. And then later on, it gets even worse because Kevin Costner starts busting caps and stuff. The problem with the film is that it did not end as good as it started at all. It just yeah. kind of fell away. And I'm like, fuck, if this this would have been an amazing film if it just kept up its intensity or something. Yeah, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Because there was so much time in Vegas, it sneaks onto this list for me. Absolutely, I understand. It, and it, I think it represents Vegas really well in terms of the Hugely. whole Elvisness of it. Hugely. This director here, Damien Lichtenstein, his next film was called Venus in Vegas. So clearly, and there's another film called Lowball. So I feel like he's just got a stick that he's Vegasy. Just, yeah, he's a very Vegas oriented slash yeah based filmmaker. Maybe interesting. Yeah, but Vegas is the thing about Vegas that is cool. Well, I don't know. It, Vegas is tacky and it knows it's tacky. Oh yeah, and something about that appeals to me. I'm still not spending more than two nights there, but I'm just saying like that's what it is about Vegas. Like it knows it's fucked up. So you know, yeah. Alrighty, what okay. do you got for your number seven? My number seven. Arguably even more, well, as Vegasarian as this one. It's called Honeymoon in Vegas, Paul. Yeah, okay. Nicholas Cage? Nicholas Cage, Sarah Jessica Parker. Okay. Oh, and, and James Caan. What it is, is it follows Jack Singer, who's Cage. He's promised to never get married. He's, where's his mother on his dying bed? She's like, never get married! He's like, mom! And then that's the mo- oh, but beginning of the movie. I know. You, you think I identify with it, don't you, Paul? Um, like, <laughs> thrill me. Anyway, so he still proposes to his long-term girlfriend. Uh, Sarah Jessica like. Parker. <laughs> Bitch, please. <laughs> <laughs> so then they fly to Vegas to get married, as one does. Mm-hmm. By the way, I went to that Vegas chapel where um, John Bon Jovi got married, uh, and Christian got mock married there when we were in the I literally Vegas. walked past a set of stairs in whatever casino I was in, and it was like, 
Marriage Chapel up these days. <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. You get married by Elvis, by an actual Elvis guy. So okay. that was actually pretty cool to be honest. Anyway, uh, so they fight in Vegas, get married. And then what happens is James Khan takes a liking to Sarah Jessica Parker and he lures. <laughs> Inexplicably. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sarah Jessica was a fine looking woman back in the day, okay? It's only later on that the horse joke started. I don't know why that is. I think it's very cruel. I love Sex in the City. It's fine. Right? If you'll allow me now to steal from Wayne's Ouvoir. <laughs> I stand resolute, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Look, she's fine. She's fine. Remember striking distance? That was all good. No one felt bad for Bruce Willis. It's fine. Anyway, um, so <laughs> what happens is some he- say <laughs> he lures Nicholas. The beginning Cage of the end was right there. Fuck off! That's so, that's so harsh. <laughs> <laughs> so he lures Nicholas Cage into this like high stakes poker game, and then fully like lock stocks him and fucking like makes him lose all his money right by cheating. So then he's like, "Hey, I got a solution." Let me spend some time with your woman. And he has to go fuck... Anyway, the whole... That's There's another one of these films that come up on your list, I reckon. Uh, I don't know what you're talking Ooh, about, but then again, not. I'm not quick on my feet. Let's face it. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what the best thing about the film was, apart from the fact that it was very, all very funny and there's a lot of Elvises in it and I really, really liked it, all of the soundtracks were contemporary artists doing Elvis covers. Like Willie Nelson does Blue Hawaii. What are the odds that two films in a row feature lots of Elvis I? Oh, come on. Elvis is, is Vegas, man. I mean, he's Memphis, but he's Vegas. You know what I'm saying? Mm, what say? So, uh, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, I love me some... Nicholas Cage is... This is where I was like, oh, he can be funny. I thought he was funny. You know, not raising Arizona sort of like like classy funny, but kind of like this funny. <laughs> so... <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, love me some Honeymoon in Vegas. That's my number seven. Okay, my number seven is, given what I've been talking about in terms of sort of time in Vegas... It's the least likely to be on this, but it's elevated because of the film that it is. Yeah, yeah. It has one key sequence at the very end of the film here in Vegas, and it literally involves trying to land a plane on the street. I wondered if you were going to put this in there, and you know what? I'm fine Con with Con Air, Con baby. Air, baby. I don't need to talk about Con Air, directed by Simon West, starring, of course, John Cusack, John Malkovich, and, and Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage, Again, baby. as the star of the film. It's a fun action film. It's stupid as fuck. You know, he's the one good guy in a plane full of bad guys. And then and when they take cake. over, Poor. when they take over the plane, he has to, with the help of John Cusack on the ground, fight back to, gonna to help the, the audience. Yeah. Why don't you put the bunny back, back in, the in the box? Yeah, that's the, it was. Um, and it culminates in they have to land the plane. They don't make where they need to get to. So the only place to put down is, of course, on the Vegas Strip. As you would. <laughs> I mean, that's where it's lit up, right? There is desert out there that you could land There's it on, plenty of desert but around. you fucking don't do that. No. That's not the end of a movie. I remember thinking to myself: one, Nicolas Cage is very muscular at this mm-hmm. time, right? Two, this is peak Cage, I reckon. Exactly. This is the Rock, Conair, and what's the other one I'm thinking of? Era, yeah, 1997. Uh, the Rock is where he sort. Of, yeah. Oh, actually, it was it was um Burden. Of, oh, Face Off, of course. It's Face Off, but then that, that movie with him and David Caruso in it. Oh yes, I'm talking about. I want to say Burden of Proof, but it's not. It's something else. No, anyway. but he's he's. Bench pressing his girlfriend. Bench pressing his girlfriend. Yeah. Jesus, what have you been eating? Fuck you, asshole. Yeah, Yeah. that right. So, anyway, kiss of death or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. And um, then like uh, in this film here, John Cusack is wearing sandals, and I don't know what. (laughs) And it was like really weird. And it's got a King Dick soundtrack. This movie has got something else go go out on now. Trevor Jones did it from memory. Okay, I'll take your word for it. But yeah, I love me some Conair. Don't know what you're talking about. Number seven. Over to you for number six. Okay. My number six was go. So we're back to you for your number five. Go, go, All right, my number... No, no, it's my number six as well. Okay, yeah. Yeah. My number six is a film from one of your favorite directors, the guy who directed Running Scared. It's called The Cooler. Low. Oh. Hello. He's on your list. Cool. Yeah, Wayne Kramer directed this one. It stars William H. Macy as a guy named Bernie who 
literally is employed by Alec. Of course, Alec Baldwin's in the film. There That's you go, why it's buddy. Alec Baldwin, Shelley, when he runs up a massive tab and debt, he breaks his knee. Or no, knees. no. What happens is that uh, William H Macy is literally. He's such a bad gambler. Well, he actually he he, he has this. Gift, I guess you would say, that when, uh, let's say there's a table running hot, like people are winning oh, at a table. There, but my point is, oh, sorry. I was going to say, he had $150,000 in debt to this casino, and rather than just, you know, kill him and take him out the back somewhere and bury him in, in the Nevada desert, they realize he's so unlucky, he infects other people around him with his bad luck. Right. So he's a cooler. Yeah. Someone's on a winning streak. Hey, man, you go over to that table and you start playing hands there as well, you'll kill the whole table. It's not even that. He actually just touches the table oh, and runs okay. his finger along it and then the table goes cold. The guy starts losing. And it's so, like, fucking... It's like, an interesting idea. Yeah, but it's an interesting idea, but so much so that it's like... Is this a thing, do you think, in Vegas? They have they employ people to be coolers? It wouldn't surprise me, Paul. Remember that movie, that Spanish movie, Intacto, where people could trade luck with each other? Wouldn't it be no. Oh, you should see it. Max von Sydow, great. Uh, yeah, I think so. Anyway. It's a Spanish movie. Okay. I know, it's weird. Yeah, it's fantastic. Like, this film is... is n- and, and sorry, but this cooler thing wouldn't surprise me, Paul, because they say that they put it on extra stuff and in a full moon. And, who knows, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, is, that is the case. And yeah, then Maria Bello is mm. a a person who sells drinks there, whatever yep. else, yep. and they start to have a connection and Bernie wants to leave because he's paid his debt off and Shelley doesn't want him to leave. So Bernie says to Natalie, you know, hook up. But then they really do start to fall in love and his luck changes yes. and the film goes from there. Because it's like, and then it's no longer useful for Alec Baldwin. He's like, mm-hmm. this guy's lucky now. What the fuck? And so um, that was really cool. His son gets involved, all sorts of yep. shit. This is a really, really great film, guys. It's one of those, it was a sleeper because I'd never heard of it. Well, like, I think it is. I think we, we, we would really be opening some people's eyes here. So I don't, I don't want to spoil this one, even though the film is from 2003 to 20 years ago. This bad boy as well. Well, I remember seeing an interview with William H. Macy where he was talking, because this, this is something you should know. The sex scenes with Mo- Maria Bello are very explicit. Like, I don't remember that. Interesting. New Jack Titty all over the place, but like a lot. And it's like, wow. And even he said to um, Maria Bello on the set, like, those sex scenes, huh? And she's like, yeah. And, you know, and so it's that kind of thing, which you wouldn't expect. So that's why the film doesn't really want to fit into any specific genre. It's sort of a Vegas show, but it's sort of a drama. And then it's sort of a gangster flick. And it's so, it's really, really good. You should, you should totally well, Running Scared and, and then The Cooler are his most popular films. He's directed five that? films on Letterboxd. Then his next one's Porn Shop from 2013, which looks like a... Again, it's a story of a missing wife, a couple of meth heads, and Elvis impersonator connected. Yeah, it looks like another kind of wannabe Pulp Fiction. Hmm. Doesn't have many people have seen that one at all. So it's strange that he never really went anywhere These after. These two out of five are outstanding. Like mm. Running Scared is like a nine out of ten for real, right? You love Running Scared. I, I love I, that I show. Appreciate that film too. Yeah, no. So all right, okay. cool. We'll see how high that one goes on your list. What's your number five? Man. My number five is Casino. So low. Okay, I knew that this would happen. Oh. Here's what happened with Casino. How are you going to go Let me disrespect tell you. Oh, I got it. The I scores. Got it. I'll tell you. I'll tell you, baby. Like it's all good. Damn. Now, here it is. So, obviously, let's like Casino, Martin Scorsese, Bobby De Niro, Joe Pesci, Shazza Stone, and uh, what? A whole bunch of other people, right? This is ridiculous. Now, the film is essentially chronicling the rise and fall of mob-owned gambling in Las Vegas over like the 80s, Okay. And so Bobby De Niro plays this guy named Sam Ace Rothstein, who's this mob-connected professional gambler. He's turned somewhat legit by becoming a casino operator in Las Vegas. And then he has Joe Pesci plays Nicky Santoro, who's this like boyhood boyhood friend of his, comes into town, has a lot of agendas and a lot of ambitions and basically fucks things up for Ace. 
in the way only Joe Pesci can. Yes, that, that look, the Joe Pesci ex- performance was the show, the film, if you ask me. Uh, I remember Sharon Stone got nominated for Academy Award for this movie. She did. She did. I think maybe Joe Pesci and De Niro did as well in their various roles. This film is a tour de force of acting, and it's also got the Scorsese sensibility to it with some of those great, you know, tra- sideways tracking shots. What would you call them? Trucking or something? Oh, it's other? called. Uh, yeah, it's called trucking. Yeah. Truck. It's called trucks when he goes to the side. Yeah, it is an epic Scorsese. I mean, film. It opens with Ace. What's his name? Ace, yeah. Ace getting blown up in his car. That's right. Literally. He's boom, boom. Oh my God, what the fuck? And then the whole opening title sequence is through him of falling through the air and yes. bits and pieces, flames and all the shit like that. Sets the tone beautifully. It's a long film, I will acknowledge. That's what got me. Somewhere in the order of three hours? Three and change, I think. Um, but that's Scorsese to a T, right? Well, we've got yeah, Killers of Flower Moon coming out. actual problem. That fucking movie comes out. 179 I'm gonna, minutes. I'm bringing a fucking like, a stadium buddy to that movie. <laughs> okay. I'm pissing in the movie. Fuck it, right? So, but like, here's the thing. Oh, but speaking of that scene, though, at the opening thing where Bobby De Niro walks to the car mm-hmm. and sits down, there's a really obvious cut where, the, where he turns yes. into a dummy. And I'm like, why did he leave that in? That looks so bad. And it's a very That's probably the best scene. they could do from 1995. I guess so. But it's part of Scorsese, man. Anyway, that was, a, you know, there's all that. But this but was But this like, is as quintessential a Vegas film as you get. You know, a guy who's up, who brings up a casino through his oh, mob yeah. connections. Yeah. This is as, as old as Vegas is itself. I think this no more quintessential film. I know what your number one is. It's also high on my list. But... I don't know what my number is. <laughs> I don't know what is going on here. But my point at this one to me is it personifies... Vegas as well as any film can. So, yeah. Well, th- you know what? The best things about this film that I remember to take from it, the very beginning where they're talking about, this is how many people have actually made it, um, you know, tried to rob a-, a-, a casino in Vegas. You know, just like snippets of people running away, getting shot at and stuff. Like that. It's really, really cool. Yeah. And I also remember the best thing, Robert De Niro, he, despite him being a gambler, his his way of gambling is he knows everything about like the the players, what happened to this guy, how old is he, what's going on in his life. And he runs the casino the same way. He's a consummate professional. He knows absolutely everything, including like how many fucking blueberries are in a muffin and shit like that. So it is a great film. But again, it's bloatedness is what pushed it to five. It's still on five. Is it five? <sighs> so, you know. No. no. Yes. Um, My number five is a film from director Craig Gillespie, who... In my mind, has done a lot right. He's done Itonia, he's done Cruella, Lars and the Real Girl. He's just released Dumb Money over East, over East overseas. Hasn't come out here yet. Oh yeah. But this one is set in and around Las Vegas. It's called Fright Night. It's a remake of the 1980s classic horror film. Where it's the one with Colin. This is the one with Anton Yelchin, and yes, Colin Farrell plays the vampire Jerry Dandridge, who's a vampire. And it's in Vegas. Yeah, I didn't know that. It's in the suburbs of Vegas. And then he goes to, instead of going to a guy who hosts a late night TV sort of horror show, like Elvira-esque character, which is the Roddy McDowell character from the original, he goes to a magician, for whatever reason, played by David Tennant. Yeah. Oh, really? Who's a magician in Vegas who has a running show there. I didn't know that was the plot of this show. Yeah. So the whole film is set in and around Vegas and Fright Night is a really good remake. It's not, I don't think it's as good as the original, but I have such a fondness for that original 1995, I think it is, film. But this was from Jim 2011. The no, the original is. I'm thinking of something else. No, no. Right. The girlfriend in the original is the neighbor from Married with Children. Oh, Marcy. Marcy, yeah. Really? She's, she's the love interest in that film. Wow. And the vampire is Chris Sarandon. Yes, that I remember. Yep. So, um, yeah, I remember him putting the glass of holy water on the mantle. That's a great, yeah. great 80s yeah, horror film. It was, it was. Good. Love that one. And this is a, a really impressive sort of remake. It, it doesn't. As I said, quite get to those same heights, but 
in terms of being around in and around Vegas. It's there the whole time, and it's a good horror movie. So I'll stick a good horror nice movie one. on any list whenever I can. My number five, All Fright right. Night Remake. Did not expect that. My number four is, of course, Ocean's Eleven. Oh, wow. That's not, ooh, I thought that was definitely going to be number one. Yeah, um, also, unbelievably low. Really? Yeah. Look, o- Ocean's Eleven, I'm surprised you like it. I but like Ocean's Eleven. I don't love it, but it's so Vegas. It, Again, Ocean's Eleven it, is Vegas. It since. seeps Vegas out of its pores. Absolutely. But I think I went with what impressed me most as a movie. This Ocean's Eleven is... Now, Steven Soderbergh, ladies and gentlemen... Is the king the, of Steven hit and miss. Right. Yes, not, not, talking, not the Frank Sinatra. Not the UK. No. Good, just just clarify. Which I have seen. Oh my god! I swear <laughs> to God. Do you Reap. like people sitting around a room talking? Oh my god! It's Reap is kind of, <laughs> is kind of a little bit better than that because <laughs> it's just them looking for excuses to start singing. That's all it is, right? Yeah. But this film here, Ocean's Viva Eleven here, exactly. Well, even even if that wasn't one of them. But okay, so yes, this was a tour de force, I would say, of Hollywood cool motherfuckers, mm-hmm. right? But. For it to work like this, and actually, kind of the one broad is Julia Roberts, and his but you know, I I actually loved the entire thing, and I think the of course I love how fucking stylish Clooney is. Like no one wears it. Brad Pitt as well. Brad Pitt was like, if you look at what he's doing, Brad Pitt in that movie wears French cuff shirts without the cufflink, which means that his cuff goes all the way down to his fingers, and it's because it's Brad Pitt. It's all good, right? And I'm like, well, that motherfucker's just got attitude. Matt Damon. Matt Damon, great. Netflix got calm. What's the funny thing? The Andy actual Garcia is a bad guy. Once you get start like low on the eleven, right? Because it's like it's those three are the lead guys, all right? And then you get like sort of Elliot you know, Gould, Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac is probably like great. number four, number five. Elliot Gould, absolutely. Carl Reiner himself. Carl Reiner's probably might be a bit higher because of all that. But like, then you start to get into the, 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 the Asian guy and then the geek guy. <laughs> and the, the, you know. So you're not quite sure. But that's fine with me. I think the whole thing worked great. I think it's a beautiful film. I think it's an amazing soundtrack. I know. I never said. I just. I think this is a, a a very fine heist movie, and it's about robbing a Vegas casino. I tell you something. I actually I picked it at the end because they actually kind of used Brad Pitt's voice over the guy who's like the, the SWAT team member. Okay, sure. And I'm like, what? That's Brad Pitt. So it was an odd choice that, but I didn't care because the thing was so beautiful. And also, that's is where that fucking a little less conversation, a little, a little more, more action. action. Oh, could have opened that one. That's great, huh? But yeah, that that all came from this film, and it's the shit. Now number two, like Ocean's Twelve. Was weird. I was like a Maybe European film. That one. Yeah, and I was like, but then Ocean's yeah, twelve comes was back. garbage because it was set in Europe and he's trying to do something was, different. Thirteen was fine. Eh. Thirteen was fine. But yeah, that's uh, so. Yeah, Ocean's Eleven. I mean, come on, it's Ocean's Eleven, baby. What's up? So yep, on your list. I don't disagree. Just still in my thunder. Oh, All right, my number sorry. four is a film which won't be on your list, Wayne. I'm glad it's here though. It has a very central whole plot line which runs through the film, sure. which takes place in Vegas. It's Mars Attacks. Yeah, I, I, knew, I, I thought about it. I thought about it. Absolutely. <laughs> the Jack Nicholson yeah, degenerate yeah, gambler yeah. sort of element. He's in, obviously in two roles in this movie. He also plays the president of the film. That's where. It all takes place in and around Vegas, and there's the the kid who lives outside of Vegas as well, mm-hmm. who becomes an mm-hmm. integral part. Uh, it's aliens come to Earth, and we don't know what the story is, and they start killing people in comical ways, you know, shooting with their laser rays and, and turning them into Tim, into ash. Tim Burton. Yep. Now there's, this is such a there's strange the black film. comedy guy, I but love it's, it. But it's so colorful, but it's still black comedy. It's like really, really. I, really I dig the shit out of this movie. It's not for everyone. It's not it's 996. You would have seen it by now if you wanted to. But it was a hit. Man, it's a cult hit. And if you haven't, yeah, I think it's more a cult movie because it's so off the wall. Like no one else other than Tim Burton could have made this film when it was made. I agree. Of the strength of the Batman films. Yes, and like the aliens with these weird looking yep, yep, you know, the kind of like which is all based on whatever the comic book cards were or the card trading cards were from the fifties, sixties, can't remember. Toops, I think maybe. I bought books based off this really this card slash movie. 
You're kidding. Where they're, they'd run around and they won't read. They're like 190 page long books, very, very short, easy to read. And they would just murder characters like the film does. There's so many people in this film. They all get in there like Martin Shaw, Annette Benning, Pierce Brosnan, Dan DeVito, Sarah yeah. Jessica Parker, Michael J. Fox, <laughs> Rod Nicholson. Steiger, Tom Jones playing himself in yeah. a Vegas act. James Bond's in it. Yes, Lucas Haas, Natalie Portman, Jim Brown, Lisa Marie. It's one of those things Pam where everyone obviously... she was before she was Pam Greer, That's Jack right. Black. Like this goes on. It's unbelievable because they're all in it for other than maybe Jack Nicholson in particular. Uh, yeah, Jack Nicholson as well. Yeah. They're in very small sequences. So mm-hmm. come Please. in, do a few days, yep. get killed off, bam, you're out of the film. But obviously everyone wants to work with him. You know what I mean? Like this guy is this. Oh, I wonder if this is the film that made Sarah Jessica Parker into a horse head because <laughs> she gets her head cut off and strapped onto her dog. Yeah, and so does Pierce Brosnan, and then they kiss at the end because their heads get misdismembered. Yeah. yeah, it's this is it's a really weird. Yep. Sh- like remember? Yeah, I don't know. I I also was like found it oddly charming as well when I was like, yes, that's that. the words. Yeah. So no, good call. Good call. Good All right. Call. What do you got for number three? Number three is the cooler, bro. Oh yeah, yeah right cool. up there, right up there. My number three then must be in your one or two. It's got to be. And if it isn't, yeah, Wayne, it must, it must be. It must it's be. Swingers. Yeah, that's my number one. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> swingers. And again, it would be my number one because here's the film I instantly associate if the fact that most of it's actually in LA. LA, yes. And they go to Vegas through the middle portion Vegas of the baby, film. Vegas. Vegas Baby Vegas, which is where the name of this episode will come from. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, he hooks up there with a chick and maybe it's going to work out. And then he's, oh, let's, the phone call. Let's talk about this, okay? Because <sighs> remember, it, what, what was the year on this, Paul? 1996. 96. Again, right around the era where we were doing So we're four years out of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, we're wondering how to hook up with women. We're also failing, or at least I was. But the idea of... I remember, because back when life was simple, but we thought it wasn't simple, your main goal was, how? who am I as a man? How do I relate to the rest of the world? And ergo, to other people, women, let's face it, okay? And one of the things that John Favreau says in this film is like, I can't be like one of those drunken assholes in a bar. I don't want to be one of those drunken yes. assholes trying to crack on women. Which I get. And we felt that way. Yep. We were like, we don't know how to actually approach women, but we also know how we don't want to appear. But unfortunately, what those other two... choices back in 1996 did you have? Exactly. Well, yeah, but also that's at cross purposes as well, because if you want to be sort of reserved and sort of not chase and not sort of like predatory, it still means you don't actually go talk to women. That's right. And they're not, they're not going to come over and talk to you. Exactly. Very so rarely. So now yeah. you, this is well, this is the, the struggle was real, ladies and gentlemen. So um, now you just swipe left and right. Yes. Right? But Change the whole game. None of that shit. So Online means... dating, all the rest of it. Ask exactly. Wayne. He's the expert. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm the expert. I'm just in the trenches. But the <laughs> that, that was it. So so that, that means that bar culture then becomes important. Because yeah. you want to go to bars where the target market is, is to, to your liking. So you didn't want you know, all this. Oh, well, where theoretically, at least, if women aren't standing around with their partner next to them, they might be available. Right. But then you had to actually then have the balls to, to go figure it out. Yes. So I maintain that now, that scene where Vince Vaughn is like, Goes over and it's like he, he, you know, business class that chick or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And then he gets her number. Then he comes back and he's like, he's jokingly like tearing up the number. Oh, he's like, yeah, that kind of shit, yeah. right? Nah, nah, nah. And then I'm like, I bet you no kids now will ever have that moment where a woman dr- writes her number on a piece of paper and gives it to you. Like we did that. I had that. Happen. No, like, now she would go. All right, what's your number? And she'd text you. I don't think he would if even. Would do I don't think you would even approach her in a bar and let that happen. I, I reckon they would have met up after we're meeting online. I, I mean, I think that still can organically happen. I bet you it doesn't never happens. Happen, doesn't happen anymore. as much. You know what? It does happen. All right, so I'm out there, Paul. Okay. Are you trying to tell me that all the hundreds of thousands of people across millions of people across 
Australia and the US and whatever else last night who went out to bars, no one approached anyone organically because they all were just going online to do no, it. No, no, they approached organically, but I don't think anyone wrote anything down on a piece of paper. Not on a piece of paper, but, but they would have said, what's your number? I'll text you. Do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah, I've had that happen. Yes. But that happened. The paper is important, Paul. No, the paper. Something about paper. slipping you a note or writing on the back of your business card or something is different. I feel like it's different. And for some reason, it was like... Yes, no one's writing. Because it's physical. Because there's no like, fucking need anymore. Well, it's, yeah, or you're I'll follow you or, or Insta you. Or, or it, see, that, yeah, that all Snapchat you. That's, or whatever. All, that's all not as interesting to me for some reason. And again, it hasn't happened in years. So, uh, but yeah, sorry. Swingers, back to the movie. Swingers, the problem with the swingers is it's... As the name implies, it's not just about you know <laughs> picking up chicks and whatever. It's about they were very much into the swinging dance scene as well, which is a bit weird and out of time now. But other than that, I don't think so. That was just a swing or so a dance club at the end. We saw Heather Graham. Well, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. So that that whole, but they're all dressed in that kind of way as now, well. Now that was the coolest thing. So Vince Vaughn is this hipster kind of guy, right? And yes, it's the nineties and whatever, and you couldn't get away with it. But the fact that they all had these big old guzzler cars, yes, and they used to use club locks on them mm-hmm. to, and. You know, just the the, the whole club thing. Locks, Jesus. Club locks, like that thing, right? They'd hang out at someone's house, play video games on a fucking Sega yep, Master have System, drinks. have drinks, go, go out, somewhere. Bar, 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 dead, play anyway. dead anyway. Okay, <laughs> that kind of shit. We still say that shit now. We still say that we shit. Still yeah. say that shit. So swingers is the. Tip it, it doesn't matter how good the, part, the night was if the night's ending. It's like this play dead, dead anyway. anyway. Exactly. It could be full of people. Play dead anyway. I'm out. So yeah, that's how that shit goes. Absolutely. But yeah, the awkwardness and the the charm, the. The emotionally fulfilling nature of this comedy is what really works for me. The fact that they go to Vegas and they have an integral part of the film there is what gets it to three for me, but not above my top two. And it's a low budge film. Yeah. John Favreau said he just wrote it so he'd give something to his agent, like because he he, he, owed him, he owed him a script. So that's awesome. It's amazing, and you know he's obviously not come up and done anything now. Nah, not at all. No Vince Vaughn disappeared into the exactly. into the just no one now. Ethos um. of time. <laughs> all right, what do you got for two? Number two is. Indecent proposal. Yeah, this is one I was alluding to before. Oh, be another one on your list where there's, you know, inappropriate older man. There you go. Here. Yes. Now, indecent proposal has Woody Harrelson, Demi Moore, and Bobby Redford in it. And long story short, above Casino, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. Above Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> yeah. This is a great show. This is a really, really great show. It's about Woody Harrelson and Demi Moore, and they're in trouble financially. So he has this idea: let's go to Vegas and bet the house, or basically. And they have this really great like one night where they win a boatload of money, and she's rolling around the bed in like dollar bills and shit like that. And it's all like this is a Sade is playing. It's a lot of that shit going on, right? <laughs> so no, what the hell you did there? But okay. <laughs> anyway, they're like, okay, next night we just have one more night. That we have enough to pay for our house. It'll be all good. They go back to you know the casino the next night, lose everything. Which is what happens in Vegas, mm-hmm. and then and you know, anywhere else that you gamble, right? But then Bobby De Niro, sorry, Robert Redford, looks and sees her, and she's hot and stuff, and he's like, okay, well, basically somehow, I offer you a million dollars, augurs right? them, and say, yes, who says one million dollars for a night with your wife? That all then becomes a thing between him and her, and that she happens. does it. She does do it, and then it goes. Then he's like, oh my god, they could the relationship couldn't survive. It goes on and on and on and on and on. At the end is Billy Connolly. Now I think <laughs> I forgot completely about. <laughs> I think you've just uh, on and on and on the part where I, I lose interest in this movie. Oh no, that was the best part. Like because like you, you see his like insecurities as a man, and Oliver Platt is his friend slash lawyer who brokers the deal, right? And at the end of the ah oh, fuck, it's an old movie. I'll tell you what happens. Yep. At the end, he turns up at that Billy Connolly hosted auction and then just bids one million dollars on a rhinoceros because it's a rich people auction. It's like you know whatever. And he, I'm like, hey, what about fucking Oliver Platt's five percent? Anyway, so it's so he gets rid of the money. He gets rid saying. of the money, and then she's at the very very last moment she comes back to him. And and Robert Redford lets her go, and he's like, you know, he even like starts saying shit in the in the in the limo, so she'll leave. And she even she knows what he's doing. She goes up, she kisses him, she goes, "Thank you," like this. Leaves the casino, runs to Woody Harrelson, and the the driver goes, "What did you do that for?" He goes, 
she never would have looked at me the way she looked at him. There's a million other women who would do the same thing for a million other dollars. Well, the thing is, though, he was clearly keen on that one, but he was so gangster that he's like, even though I won and did everything, I don't believe her love with me would be, for me would be true, so I'm going to let her go, because fuck money and fuck women. They didn't say that, but he's like, you know what I mean? He's but fuck the idea of trying to steal a woman. So, Which I realized too late. Yeah, but it's like, oh my God. And then oh, what's their relationship going to be now? It was kind of an interesting idea, man. Uh, so, hey, look, maybe I'm just glad a romantic. you liked it. I'm glad a romantic. That's but, how it is. Oh, yeah, of course you're romantic. Very. Your life speaks to. <laughs> <laughs> it reads like a, a tome of romanticisms. Have you ever wondered, Paul, that <laughs> perhaps that very outlook may be one of the reasons for that life? I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> You're very short-term romantic romantic way. <laughs> he's romantic as all fuck for a period of time. About. I have no idea what he's talking about, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> all right, so that's your number two. Unbelievably high. My number two is Ocean's Eleven. There you go. And nice your number one. one, as mentioned, just read it through your list way and then oh, sorry, yeah. confirm your number one and I'll do the same. Sure. It's, uh, it's number... Oh, shit. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Ten. Now you see me. <laughs> Nine very bad things. Eight. Rain Man. Seven. Honeymoon in Vegas. Six. Go. Five. Casino. Four. Ocean's Eleven. Three. The Cooler. Two. Indecent Proposal. Eat my ass! <laughs> Eat all the asses, man! Motherfucker just sitting there with a finger over a button <laughs> I waiting for my shit to go down. I did be quick. And number one is swingers. Polly. <laughs> ten through one. That is number ten. Army of the Dead. Nine. Go! 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 Eight. Three thousand miles to Graceland. Seven. Con Air. Six. The Cooler. Five. Freight. Eight. Four. Mars Attacks. Three. Swingers. Two. Ocean's Eleven. Number one. Casino. Interesting uh, inflections you just threw in there. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the exclamation point on the end. What do you got for honorable mentions? Why you run us down? Okay, showgirls. <laughs> I cannot. Why good, not? Good conscience have that anywhere near. I understand my completely. List. But twenty one, I liked that film. Twenty one, yeah, yeah Gamble film. Yes, yeah, yeah. the Hangover, I did like. <sighs> that film was so built up for me when I watched. it. I was like, this is what people are raving about. And we got two more of them for fuck's sake. Oh, I think I think the other two sucked dick, and I don't think I even thought. <laughs> Number three one. is one of the worst films ever made. Is it? Yes. I think you told me that and then it just backed off. But like The Hangover at the time. Eh, First one, were. like two and a half stars, if that. Really? Just yeah. Did, again, I got to it too late and everyone had raved about it, but I know I'm in the minority, so mm. I'm sure that's a uh, popular pe- people opinion. People were pissed off at the time and Hangover came in, so I don't know what it was. Anyway, go on. For me, I had Now You See Me, Leaving Las Vegas, another Nick Cage film. Too dark for me, but yeah, yes, a great dark. film. And Rango. No reason it didn't make this. Rango's a great movie. It's an animated film. Johnny yeah, Depp is Johnny the Depp, voice. yeah is that it mostly takes place around Nevada, around Las Vegas, and they eventually have a water point that comes in around Vegas. But yeah, not enough in Vegas to, but it to is make good. this. Yeah, it's really good. I've heard a lot about this. And really? I, I mean, you don't like animated films, but for anyone no, who does... No, this is The Lizard, right? Check it out. Yeah. yeah, okay, cool. All right, that's Alice. What about yours? We wrap up every episode of the podcast with your feedback on the topic at hand in the segment that we call the Pop 10. Talk about... Pop 10. Talk about... Kicking off this week's Pop 10 with Tony Dobbish, who from, I think, still on his big holiday through Europe, came up with Swingers, Ocean's Eleven, and The Hangover. Nice. Rob Walters had Vegas Vacation. Honey- oh, yeah, yeah. Chevy, Chevy Chase. Chase. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. The Hangover, again, and Ocean's Eleven, the Pitt and Clooney version, clarified. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Rob. Kia Crow had Now You See Me. Yeah. Again, number two, The Hangover. We are cl- I'm clearly in the minority on The Hangover, <laughs> so there you go. And number one, Ocean's Eleven. Stephen Croon had number three, Vegas Vacation again. Mm. Number two, Leaving Las Vegas. And number one, Casino. Yeah. Thank you, Stephen. 
Timothy Williams said, number three, Showgirls. Only kidding, but I did watch this in Snapdragon. Pam Anderson nudie movie a lot in my teens. Real one, very bad things at three. There you go, Wayne. Number two, Smoking Aces. I did and would have put this on my list. But again, as though the characters from Vegas, it all takes place in some Lake Tahoe hotel. Plus it's a piece of shit. No, it's not. It's It's a a good film I like. And number one, Ocean's Eleven, Clune Dog and Pit version. (laughs) John Hislander said, Casino, The Hangover and Leprechaun 3. Scratch that one. Diamonds are forever. <laughs> Leprechaun 3? Yeah. Even I don't remember what Leprechaun okay. 3 is. Well, there you are. But yeah, the hangover getting a lot of love here. David Powell, host of the co-host of the We Watched a Thing podcast. So he said, I presume everyone will have Paul Blart colon Mole Cop 2 on the list. So I'll skip the obvious and go with number three, Rango. Number two, Ocean's Eleven. And number one, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Have you seen that? I have not. I haven't either. Which is why I cannot comment on that. Smiley Samani, mate to us, said, also Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Number two, Honeymoon in Vegas. There you go, Wayne. And number one, Lost in America. Don't even know what that film is. Uh, I know of it. I haven't seen it. And he did say, oh, a special mention to Paul Bart, Walcott too. Wow. <laughs> Apparently he and David Powell have a hive mind. Luke Alexander had Vegas Vacation, Ocean's Eleven, and The Hangover at number one. There you are, my I friend. am completely missing this boat. Sire Wesow had The Hangover at three, three thousand miles to Graceland at two, Ooh. and number one, Viva... Las, Las Vegas. Vegas. Uh, I thought about putting in there because I love me some old Elvis movies. Yeah, you are a bit of a fan. Mm. Luke James Human had Fear and Loathing Las Vegas, Leaving Las Vegas, and number one, Very Bad Things. No. And the last couple here, Robert Fuller had The Cooler, Indecent Proposal, and Casino at number one. Man, I gotta start. Lo- I gotta start reading these things before I put my list together because I thought Very Bad Things was a hell of a call from me. I'm like, no one's thought of this film. Uh, Everyone's thought of no, it. No, no, one or two people. <laughs> Francis Booger. The Hangover, number three. It just kind of exploded. So much laugh out loud comedy. There you go. Number two, Diamonds Are Forever. Can I have this? Well, I am anyway, just for Wayne. It's great and a really fun Bond film. Hell yeah. And number one. <laughs> can't we have going out on this one. Showgirls. I was a huge Saved by the Bell fan as a kid. And this film, <laughs> quote Berkeley. unquote, enriched my childhood dreams. Yeah, because if you if you grew up with a TV crush and then you saw her burger, you were like, oh my God. I'm disgusted with myself for picking it. On the non-creepy <laughs> side, the ending rules. <laughs> Thank really? You for that, Francis. <laughs> to remember what it is. <laughs> <laughs> no one can remember past the pool scene. Exactly. <laughs> there you are. That's your feedback on the topic at hand. Thank you to everyone who got back to us. Relatively few people this week got to it very, very late. We'll be back into the normal schedule of things now, though. Once we decide our horror Halloween episode for next week, I'm going to put it up there early so lots of people can give us the feedback and we can get that one out there before the spookiest time of the year, at least in the countries that celebrate such things. A little bit here, a little bit here. Oh, I don't understand pumpkin no, spice. Fucking we don't do it over here. It's, but yeah, <laughs> oh, no, I've seen it. I saw it on something the other day. What the pass. fuck? Yeah, maybe a Starbucks here or whatever it really? was. Yeah. We, we don't. Okay, well, it tastes like a dick for me. But there you go. Pumpkin, <laughs> not for. <laughs> oh, no, I like pumpkin soup, but not not on, not on coffee. No. More. <laughs> All right, Wade. How did the good folk get in touch with us or give us their feedback on anything countdown related? Search for us. On the, on, the, on the Googles, uh, and you will find our socials. Give us an email at thecountdownpodcast at gmail.com and go ahead and try out our website, which will change thecountdownpodcast.com. <laughs> One day, maybe, One eventually. Day. Yes, me. Hit us up on Twitter at the Countdown PC. You can email us at countdownpodcast at gmail.com. The, of course, the Facebook listener community is firing on all cylinders. Get involved in the conversations there. Link is in the show notes, and I think Wayne's covered everything else, including the website. So well done, sir. That's it from us today. Thank you so much for joining us for our hopefully somewhat triumphant return <laughs> with our top 10 Vegas baby Vegas films. My name is Paul. My name's Wayne. And this has been The Soundboard. Bye. Bye.
for just about all of Wayne's high choices. We'll catch you next time. See ya. Little less conversation, a little more action, please.